play Aston Villa. I can tell you now, they're not going to win this game. They've taken one point from 14 matches against teams at the top six. They've conceded 33 goals. Manchester United are a well-oiled machine. They are not going to win this game. <laughs> ah, Jesus Christ. Don't ever say words like that because... I can tell you, those are not the words of Regan Walsh messaging me at half time. <laughs> those are the words are those are the words of the Daily Mirror's Darren Lewis at half time on one of the international streams which somebody clipped up and put on Twitter yesterday. Uh, I don't like just don't say these type of things, Jesus Christ. No, please do, because you deserve to be shamed. Well, yes. I mean we'll call any idiots out, but and uh, I'll happily do it. But yeah, um, gotta say, good result for your Aston Villa side. I mean, let's get the cat out of the bag straight away. I mean, even you weren't expecting it because you said on the podcast last week that you weren't expecting Aston Villa to get that new manager's bounce and win that game. Oh, I expect quite a few things. Just oh, I do want to stand the line a second. Obviously, ridiculous. <laughs> Line to say you you don't say that part out loud. No, you think, you think it to yourself, obviously. But yeah, you you're only supposed to be getting your head if you're like myself and every other Villa fan did. Hundred percent. for them type of stuff, you like. Why would you go there? Like, why say that? I might type believe of stuff what or... he was saying. Because <laughs> mm. used to these things happening against Manchester United. But, yeah, because wasn't that Villa's first win against Man United at home since '95? Did I see the stats? I was yesterday? not even fucking born. <laughs> That's time that happened. Yes, That's, That's just how amazing that is. Twenty-six mm, years. But of course, Gavin Bonhoor is going to do the fifty-fifty thing and come out saying that we shouldn't be over celebrating what we've just won the Champions League. I mean, he's another nobbed who works for. So let's not listen to any word he says. Yes, he may have been a great ever, player. If there was ever a quote that I'd seen that anyone, that a pundit just didn't believe in what the hell they were saying, it was that. There's, there's no way he yeah. thinks that, really. He just said it because it was Lee. Yeah, it was definitely one of them, a gun horse saying, like, uh, he, he, yeah, he's Gabby just doing that to get a reaction. He was on yeah. the wind-up. He's just getting a reaction from Phil. Oh, he was on the wind-up. Well, you'd expect so with that sort of comment. But, um, us Villa fans don't claim him, by the way. <laughs> no, I think Villa fans post his career have definitely distanced uh, themselves away from him, and he, he doesn't really reflect what a true Villa fan thinks when it comes to uh, opinions on games and situations on a whole at the club. Yeah, it's nice that you speak about it, but then you can't help but reply, like, so why didn't you do that then? <laughs> Villa. Mm. No, you got to be prepared. Be prepared to take any backfire that comes at his way, and he just doesn't seem to be willing to take it. He's never. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if there's something we're sticking with Villa, Manchester United, I also also want to stick with pundits as well. Because where are all those pundits that are saying Manchester United are back? Where have they gone? I mean, they've gone now. 
Yeah. I saw a literal Sky article the Saturday before the game saying, Oh, Manchester United back. Yeah, I never suggested that in my world of streams. I said, like, we're looking good under Ten Hag apart from uh, the game, but it's slow improvements. The man's, what, three, four months into the job. He's had one transfer window. I always say you need to give a manager a minimum of two summer windows, and then you can judge him. It's going to take time to get his stuff across and everything that he wants sorted. Uh, poor performance from United. I'm not going to take anything away from Villa, but obviously I'm going to look at this as a Man United point of view. Um, it was just a poor, poor performance considering like how Villa were heading into this game and how United were league form heading into this game. You'd expect a much better United. But that's football. You can't say based on form what will happen. Yeah, it was like watching the game. Could have been more obvious that they didn't seem to be too aware of what the Villa game plan was. There was a lot of space in behind for Villa yeah. to just exploit, and it never seemed to get plugged up. So that I think that's actually quite bad on Ten Hag for not really realizing that. For someone who's supposed mm-hmm. to be good tactically. Yeah, I think it's because it's a new manager and. It's kind of one of them, like, you don't know what to expect. Yes, as the game goes on, you would expect him to be able to change his tactics in-game and uh, change it all up. But I think it was just a bit of a surprise to him because I think the way Villa set up, it was definitely... I don't think anyone was expecting that sort of line-up in terms of, like, how the shape would be. Firstly, I think if you'd done the research on Emery, you wouldn't have been too surprised. Maybe not, but for me, looking back at it now, uh, I mean, I've got the lineups here, and four triple two is just not what you would expect of Aston Villa. Maybe if you watch some Villarreal games this season or uh, last season when he, Unai Emery was there, maybe he did play that a lot there. But for me. I just I didn't expect that to be how the Villa set up. Yeah, he may have wanted them to try and do that, but it's just trying to and then actually executing it is a whole different thing. Yeah, like but back to not back to more with Villa. It was it was just organised. Just all yeah. we asked us to be under Gerard if he was going to implement whatever whatever the how his plan was. We never looked organised. Yeah. Remember, there was no identity, no style. It looks like a more resolute and competent team. Like they knew what they were doing and where they wanted to yeah. play, play each pass the, and this stuff. Have you seen all the play interviews that have come out? They've all been speaking about, yeah, he, he told us all this. And, and even during the game, we were hearing different things. Like that's all we, that's all Gerard had to do. Yeah, but that's the basics it's, of management, though, yeah. surely. It's, yeah, yeah. You have to tell your players where the hell they have to go and what they have to do. Yeah, it's just baffling that they're having to come out and say this is actually a good thing and we've been told what to do. Like, no, that's literally just what a manager should be doing in the first job. Like, that is his job as a manager. Yeah. The weeks gone. I know it's still very early, but there's going to be a point maybe 
if it goes very well, where lots of other fans are going, God, how are we doing our round manager? Yeah. It's just the little things that you can see him on the touchline that he, he he's just got it in his head and he's directing on the pitch mm. during the game, changing it up. Because I think towards the end, it did become like a 4 5 1, and we were happy to just sit back and counter. Yeah. Um, definitely, I think I, it was an appointment, and I've said it to you a few times, it was a surprising one for me because of how comfortable he was looking at Villarreal at the time uh, when the appointment came. They were seventh in uh, La Liga. They'd obviously got through to the knockout rounds of the Europa Conference League or Europa League. I can't remember which one Villarreal are in. They were Champions League semi-finalists that season. Yeah. So he just they were in the conference league. Yeah, they finished top of their conference league. It was just one of them where it's caught me by surprise. And like we, like you even said to me, he's not a bad manager. It was just his time at Arsenal. Just he's getting remembered for a bad spell rather than actually. If you look at his career on a whole, he's a really good manager. Yeah, if he if he goes to a club that's where he's allowed to implement his vision, the players listen to him. It, it breeds nothing but success. Yeah, hundred percent. That is the way. And you, as a manager, you've got to be uh, allowed that type of freedom because if you're not allowed to do that, then, as a, in my point of view, I'm walking out the door as a manager. If I'm not getting that type of set, like pre-contract agreement signing, as a manager, if you're told you can't do this, this, and this, and even in terms of like signings as well. If he's not getting like, all right, these are the players I want. Yes, you may not be able to get my first choice, but have like a list of five. And the owners or something's not allowing you to do that, then I would walk if I was any manager in that situation. Yeah, like the hope is that he'll work closely with the recruitment team and will actually get players that the manager wants this time. It, it yeah. doesn't help right now that. The obvious is happening, and we're getting links with every single Villarreal player already. Yeah, I mean that's always the case when a new manager takes over. I mean, obviously, Man United, a prime example of that. This past summer, how many Ajax and or Dutch players were we linked with? Yes, we obviously signed uh, Malasia and Lisandro Martinez from the Netherlands, uh, but it just uh, and Anthony as well. I forgot about him for a second. Um, but yeah, we the just seem to be nearly hundred million pounds on. Yes, uh, but it just seemed that this summer you, we were linked with every player in the era of the visa possible. Yeah, like the main player we've been linked with is Jeremy Pena, who mm-hmm. pretty much, if I'm going off of where he's in this team, he's, he's pretty much the winger. Yeah. But the, the right winger under Emery is quite an interesting role. They don't necessarily play as a winger. They're allowed to just run forward and they're like another attack. Yeah. I mean, just looking at this Villarreal team now, they have what got... Leon Bailey was pretty much doing. Or Jack mm. Ramsey, it's one of them roles. But after I saw Ramsey, I so I'd rather think we should stick with him because he looks great. Yeah, definitely use that promising young player and I think he could definitely develop into something... And I think that's what he needed is just a more run of actual game time, which he seemed to be getting like hit and miss under Gerard when he would get used. You know I mean, I feel like towards the latter time he was getting used. You know what it was? I think a lot of uh, midfield players just want a bit more freedom. 
to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Like Douglas Louise always looked a bit crap playing in like the defensive midfield role. Whereas now you put put him in it, he looks unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. I just saw your reaction and I know exactly what that's for, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yes. Um final words on this. Uh obviously good win for uh, Aston Villa and the new manager Bans has happened up to thirteenth now. Just one thing because I feel like we didn't finish with you know, it we went straight to Villa talk. Um Cristiano Renault cannot be starting another game for your team. No. Uh, the last yesterday proves that this man is detrimental to whatever the how Eric yeah. wants to implement. Like uh, I don't know if we said it on the podcast or us two individually, but just move Marcus Rashford back up top and then put Garnacho out on the wing because he, he's just. You wouldn't have said it, but there was a moment like he brought he made the triple change. He put Martial mm-hmm. on as one of them. He's ended up putting Martial on the left, Rashford pretty much in the middle, behind Ronaldo. Yeah. What? Ronaldo is literally the worst player on the pitch. I don't know how he played the full night. No. He, he, he's just... He gets, it's getting more and more infuriating the more you watch it because it's just like... Yes, Ronaldo is... a phenomenal player and will go down as one of the world's best but he just doesn't fit in this style and you can't be shoehorning a player to fit your style just because of who it is. You know you're having a bad game when Tyrone Mings is pocketing you. Yeah. That's not even a dead game. Mings has actually been very good the last three mm. games I'd say. Who would say since Gerard left? <laughs> uh, but yeah it was I just I don't understand why they're trying to like get Ronaldo to play. Just be, I feel like now just because of who he is, rather than um, his actual talents, because he just doesn't work in this uh, system. Yeah, he's like there were so many times when we've got the ball, we have a lot of possession around the back, just passing it around. Ronaldo's not really making an effort to press or anything. But the key mm. Martinez is holding the ball for like. 20 seconds. What's Ronaldo doing just standing there <laughs> waiting for him to kick it? Yeah, the urgency it what he wants to do anymore. And there's a bit of a laziness where he's trying to win the ball as well and the crosses are coming. I mean, though, on some of the crosses, Ten Hag did say in his post-match conference they were putting in the balls too early and he was never going to win uh, some of the crosses that were put into him. So it's just one of them where you think uh, United have got to look better at getting the balls into him and then uh, make better use of uh, his abilities. But yeah, uh, it's one of them where I think if United were to lose him come what May, I think it, it's, or even January, I don't think United fans will be too disheartened because uh, it's just, he doesn't seem to be fitting into this system. Yeah, you've got to move anymore. on. Mm. All good things come to an end. Yeah. You had a good career, but right now you're not what the team needs. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's cr- yes, uh, let's crack on with the rest of the Premier League roundup. Um, Spurs 
losing to Liverpool. We've been questioning it these last two episodes um, about Conte and it, they seem to be at a stale point. And I think the first half yesterday definitely proved that. Yeah, there's, it's just a really confusing thing about them right now because mm-hmm. they'll start a game very defensive, just trying not to concede, and yet they always do it. But then the mm-hmm. second half, they unleash the attacking talent that they have, and they actually look good. Yeah, I mean, it was what two minutes within Dayan Kulisevsky coming on, he gets an assist, and Spurs are right back in the game, and you're just like. Where is that the first 70 minutes previously? Because it's just it's so, so confusing to see. Yeah. It's also a sign maybe they missed Kulazewski as well, who's been out for a little while, and the first time he comes back in, they look decent again. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when it comes to this weekend, and um, obviously Sweden aren't at this World Cup, uh so he should be good and fit post World Cup because obviously there's one more game left in the Premier League, I believe. So, uh, and I don't know who they're playing in the Carabao Cup this week. So I think it's actually good that he's coming back now and hopefully post World Cup he can continue to have the form that he had uh, pre his injury because he did look like such a crucial player under Conte. Yeah. I, you can only hope so for their sake, I guess. They're, they're going to aim for top four. And right now, mm-hmm. while they're still in it, the, like, the opinion that's being directed by a section of Tottenham fans at Antonio Conte isn't really going to fly because they're exactly yeah. where they want to be, even if the football isn't particularly great. No. Uh, it's, it's not the prettiest, but the same time they are still getting like the results just to keep them in and around that European talk and there's still over half a season left to go this season so things can definitely change uh, around what they will be hoping that it changes sooner rather than later I think they're in a good spot considering that Chelsea I guess you could say Liverpool as well for other parts haven't been perfect which is why mm. they're in the top four now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking on Liverpool, Mohamed Salah getting a brace, taking his uh, tally t- of the season up to six goals now. Um, we had spoken on him going a little bit quiet and not looking as good as he has done in the past, but yesterday he looked really good and took his chances when they came to him. And maybe he was listening. Yes. <laughs> he wasn't. Let's just oh, get that out of there. He definitely well, wasn't. It's nice to have a bit of hope. <laughs> but yeah, um, looked really good. And um, I think it was that was the kind of game I think he needs just to maybe kickstart his season. Again, it's a bit unfortunate for him in terms of kicking his, kicking his season on because we're going to a World Cup pause now for the next four to six weeks. So by the time the Premier League comes back, is he going to be in the same... like? form you never know so it's going to be intriguing to see what happens post world cup for that liverpool team do they get that balance of looking good again or do we go back to questioning what is going on with this liverpool team i don't know obviously salary is massively important to them which is why 
but maybe look not so good when he's not been firing, I guess. I don't know. It's a confusing mm-hmm. one a little while when Liverpool start playing badly because we've been so used to them being good the last few seasons. Yeah. Right. Um, next up, we will look at uh, Chelsea Arsenal. Um, Gabriel Magalhães scoring the sole goal for uh, Arsenal in that game. Again, I think it was a rather disappointing performance from Graham Potter's side. Do you think maybe there's a case of some of these players just not being able to suit the style that Graham Potter wants of them? Yeah. And I'm looking at the Aubameyangs, the Sterlings in this team. Mm. Yeah, they they 100% aren't Graham Potter type players, are they? Yeah. Doesn't have we? He's playing Sterling at wing back. It ain't gonna work, is it? No. Like that's and not. I'm not the biggest Sterling... Sterling fan. I don't see what he offers for a, a top club anymore. But yeah, he ain't gonna do much from wing back. No. I mean, even Pep Guardiola wasn't crazy enough to play him at wing back. Not unless he was desperate. No. No, that was obviously the truth. But yeah, it just... It, there's too many holes in this Chelsea team at this minute to say, look, OK, these are actual contenders. Uh, I think it was... I think obviously he hasn't had transfer window to make it his team yet. But working with the players he got, you can see... Like you say, some of them just don't seem to fit his style of play. Yeah, but what I find is that I feel like he'll be going for midfielders more than like attacking players. If we saw Brighton, this man doesn't care much for actual quality attacking players. Mm. So I don't think they're going to be making a bid for Danny Welwick come January. Stranger things have happened. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> You're asking a lot with that one, but yeah, true. They're, they're obviously getting linked with like Kaiseido, who's available mm. for a hell of a lot of money because Brighton have no reason to sell whatsoever. And then no. you've got other players as well around that. Like Trossard's obviously going to get linked. Maybe he's the attacking player they would need. Yeah, it's one of them where you know. Grandpa's sake, it would be good to get them plays in because they know his style of play, know what he wants, and gets it fluidity wise. But at the same time, you're like, well, if it doesn't work with the two or three players that you potentially bring in from Brighton, then you're looking at, like, okay, is that actually the problem, or are the Brighton players not good enough to step up to that Chelsea level? Yes, they're good at a Brighton level and can keep that team looking well and steady in the Premier League, but then you ask them to go that step further and try and be a top four set of players be title challenging champions league challenging players is that then just a step too far for them and so should it be actually looking at other players across the league and uh europe to fill the holes in the void that he's currently got yeah yeah but that obviously will come down to the recruitment strategies of whatever they have in place you'd think you'd think they got grandpa in for this exact reason and they've just got in the guy from Southampton as well. Uh, Joe Shields. Yeah. I mean, everybody's leaving the Southampton ship right now. Yes, yeah, so we'll get onto that in a second. Um, final bit on the Chelsea transfer potential stuff. Obviously, there was a lot of talk towards it 
the end of it that they were going to try and make a move for Ronaldo and Thomas Tuchel at the time didn't seem keen on it. Do you think that's something they actually look to do in the January transfer window? Because it yeah. does seem like he's Todd Bowley's like key marquee player to go, look, we are Chelsea, we can bring in the big players at the club. Possibly, but has he been watching Ronaldo? No. If the owner thinks Cristiano Ronaldo is the the saviour for Chelsea's attacking issues, then he must be as clueless as Abramovich was in moments. Mm. Well, I, I think he, I think he just wants Ronaldo for the name Ronaldo rather than the play, if that makes sense. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Chelsea oh, yeah. do not need Cristiano Ronaldo. Chelsea Football Club, Champions League winners in the last three seasons, do not need a big-name player to get their name on the map. No, I 100% agree, but I think to grow their, I would say, American audience more, I think he's the type of player they need. I agree, but I just, I think after looking at that summer transfer window where they tried to move for him and... That apparently been one of the reasons Tuchel got the sack in the end is because he didn't want Ronaldo. It kind of leads me to thinking, do they actually make a move for him? Do you not actually think that was because they hadn't looked at Aubameyang at that point? A bit. Well, I think it was one of them from a lot of the press readings that I saw. was the preference, but they ended up getting Aubameyang instead. Yeah. Which makes sense because Aubameyang is the man who's worked under that manager and has had success. Yeah. Well, I think now with Potter in charge, I think you'll see something different. But I don't mean, like, even Ronaldo is not a Graham Potter player. Oh, no, 100%. Ronaldo no. won't even run and send high. What's he going to do under Graham Potter? Who knows? Well, very interesting. Right, let's get on to the Southampton. Um, situation now because obviously losing 4-1 uh, on Sunday to Newcastle uh, that was the final nail in the coffin for Ralph Hasenhutl who has this morning been sacked by the club in what has felt like an 18 month long period of him potentially getting the sack or not getting the sack. This man has survived two 9-0 crushings and this is the one yeah. that's got him. <laughs> exactly. I, is it, was I mean, it, was it this time a year ago they were top of the league? Was it two seasons ago? But they've, I think they've it may have been two seasons league. ago. They've been top of the league under, and since yeah. then it has gone all downhill. Massively. I mean, it just it, it was waiting to happen. Like every fan was just thinking, how are we going to have? Is he still in the job? Like after each game, whether it be a win or a draw or even a loss, and you're like, he's still there. Like there was a lot of talk this off season, pretty much from the off at the end of the last season, that he, uh, he wouldn't be there to start this season. He's lasted uh, so far up until this game, so game thirteen this past week or fourteen for them specifically. Um, I think inevitability rang true. 18th in the league, 12 points from their 14 games this season. It it was just coming. I think it was more, it was this time. It felt more like it was going to happen at this season. Uh, this season, it was just when was it going to happen this season? 
Yeah, they were left with no choice in the end. It was like the Gerard <laughs> thing in the end. It was like, you've gone too far now. There, there's no yeah. turning this around. Like, it has to no. The reaction when they went 3 0 down yesterday was enough to say that it, it got mm-hmm. toxic at St. Mary's. Yeah. And I think it had been toxic for a while, but it was just, I think, the way that they were playing yesterday was definitely 100%. Uh, time for him to go and it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and with their ownership, I think it's been proven there clearly isn't something right there at all. Mm. Because yeah, yeah, they have to look at other clubs in managers' situations like Villa, Emery, quality manager has been tempted in. Wolves have got their man now in, in Jude and Lepetegui. Who knows if that does work for them or not? Mm. Trying to remember, think who else down the bottom. The switch. But even Newcastle, if we flip back 12 months or so ago, when they managed to bring in Eddie Howe, he was the man. And look how well that's got. Or uh, Newcastle, they've Leeds got... And the Jesse Marsh as well, they've had the moments. And it looks like they've mm. got something. They just have to keep doing it consistently. Yeah. But Southampton have missed the tree. Yeah, definitely. And now, what are they left with? It's very confusing. I mean, a lot of reports coming out today saying that they're linked with Luton Town manager Nathan Jones. For me, it... it I could feel a it tear just, in your eye as I was saying. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like the right appointment, though, because he's doing a fantastic job at Luton. Uh, they're just outside the playoffs at the minute. And if we flip back a couple of years back when he left Luton to go to another team that higher up in the league or in a division, in this case, he left for Stoke City. It didn't go well. And within 12 to 18 months, he was crawling back to Luton Town. And I just, I don't see what the appeal for him personally would be to go from Luton to Southampton. Oh, I could tell you exactly what the appeal would be. It's called the Premier League. Yeah, but... He, he won't be looking at the situation. He'll be going, oh, managing the Premier League, that's quite tempting. Am I going to get this opportunity again? Who knows? Yeah, I agree in that sense. But I feel like the story he's been building over the last six, seven years or so at Luton, I mean, he's not long uh, managed his 300th game in the club. It, it it seems like he it, like he is Luton and you associate Nathan Jones with Luton and for me it just maybe because I do have a bit of Luton bias towards me that's why I'm just thinking it it doesn't seem like a managerial appointment where you think for Southampton anyway that he can get them out of this trouble and make them a constant ten to fourteen type Premier League team. Yeah, well, if you're going to look at all the options, I don't even think Nathan Jones's name would come into the conversation for Southampton fans, if we're being honest. Yeah. Like, we yeah, know I who think... the number one option should be, and Southampton would have absolutely no harm in speaking to him, and that's Sean Dosh. Hmm. Are you even trying to convince Potch to, to come back in for I, a bit? Uh, I had talks brought on for half an hour, and someone already, already tried to pedal that one. Like, he turned it really? down, allegedly. Like, he's not coming to you. Eh, nice little bit of romance back in the air. Uh, no, come on. We have to be realistic. Here. Yeah, I think... That's not going to happen. No. Well, uh, I think that would... It, to me, it makes a lot more sense than bringing in Nathan Jones, a manager that 
his experience in the Premier League. And I think Sean Dyche would be able to get the Saints out of this trouble that they're in. Exactly. He's probably the best candidate and most realistic candidate available. It would just be down to whether Dyche would want that. Like that would be the, the mm. big thing that maybe stops that. Yeah. Uh, speaking on Newcastle, though, looking phenomenal, up to uh, third in the Premier League now, uh, following this win, and Miguel Almiron continuing his absolute fantastic form and looking worth every penny that uh, Newcastle did pay for him, although he was a bit slow at the start. This season, he's looking really good. I mean, eight goals this season already, absolutely fantastic for Newcastle. I add a player into my fantasy team, and they actually do good. <laughs> That's how good we got him, Alan. We're on his. Yeah. Uh, what I do want to say, um, it's kind of like a funny moment of the week, but um, you know, Sky have got their. <laughs> so, you know, Sky Sports have got their fantasy program that uh, Matt Lucas and Ellis James are on. I haven't watched a single episode. No, I haven't seen an episode. Clips and uh, Andrew Mensa, who's a comedian, he's also won it and he was wearing a Newcastle third shirt. Uh, and he said he had Alma on, on the back and he said he looks like you remember when Dolmio had the puppets for their adverts? Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> he said he looks like the son from the Dolmio adverts. And I was crying when I heard that. I was like, I actually see the resemblance strangely. That does just recall, I'd send another one. He looks like the kid from the Inbetweeners movie. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> uh, some absolute cracking suggestions. <laughs> but hey, whether you, you look like the kid from the Inbetweeners movie or the Dolmio adverts, he's doing a fantastic job and look worth every penny at this minute time. Yes. Yeah, uh, definitely maybe true. He's the, maybe he's the regen of Santiago Munoz. <laughs> Do they still have that Santiago Munoz in their academy? I swear they loaned him out. Might be wrong though. Huh. I was going to say, I do remember them signing him and everyone getting hyped about the gold room, but we, we he's still not really We were young. literally speaking about it at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not disputing. I do remember us talking about it, but yeah. Mm. Uh, so we run through Yep, so Crystal Palace beat uh, West Ham by two goals to one, so that was the end of the Sunday fixtures. And then on Saturday, uh, Leicester beat Everton two goals to nil. Brighton beat Wolves 3-2. Nottingham Forest and Brentford played out a 2-2 draw. Manchester City managed to beat uh, Fulham just about uh, 2-1 in the end. end. Yes, bringing on Erling Haaland and then he scored a penalty. can I have a, I was right because there's you saying it, Fulham are going to get battered of him. And then I was completely right in saying, no, actually, no, they're going to give him a game. Yeah, and they did give him a game. This is, uh, an, actual, and then, this is an actual competent uh, Fulham side that are going to survive this season. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, uh, Leeds beat Bournemouth 4-3 and Chrysenko Somerville uh, scored again. And Chrysenko, sorry. Yeah, to say like uh, looking at. Looking uh, actually, a really good talent. Harry Potter mm. Also, could be like the poshest white person ever, Chrysensio Somerville. No, he's black. I know that, but he just sounds like <laughs> you didn't. If you didn't know him, he just sounds like someone. He's you, as well. like... you should be respecting him. 
again, I know that. Stop interrupting my little analogy. It's like if you didn't know that it or know anything about the lad, you'd just think he's some fucking lad who came from bloody Oxford or Cambridge, Chrysensio, Somerville, which sounds such a posh name. It's how you've never been around Oxford. Uh, been there once know, we're, not to see <laughs> we're not doing this when they filmed Harry Potter anyway uh, yeah that's all the Premier League action um, we have one set of games this weekend uh, the final set of games before the World Cup and obviously we have uh, Carabao Cup action this midweek uh, again it's the second leg of this of the crossbar podcast derby this week <laughs> As United play Aston Villa, I go get scores. <laughs> yes, uh, this this time on Thursday you got you away, got at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're the home team. deflected away goal. Talking about uh, Carabao Cup, we've got Manchester City versus uh, Chelsea on Wednesday evening, so that should be a decent watch. And I think Bournemouth versus Everton tomorrow again. I think that's a good game to look out for. Uh, I feel like that's definitely going to be one of the surprising ones. It's down to whoever cares. Mm. Like, either mm. one, are you not going to care about a cup run in that one, essentially? No, I think they'll rather get out of it and play less games as possible, especially as it's a World Cup year that we're just about to enter like the World Cup period. You don't want to be inviting more fixtures post-World Cup in the new year on your players, because obviously round four and five and the rest of that will be taking place pretty much from January onwards. Uh, then you've got the FA Cup coming in in January for the top Premier League teams. United obviously got their Europa League tie to worry about, which we don't know the result of just yet. Um, but yeah, I think United will probably be just looking to go out that as soon as possible. So yeah, Villa may win and Villa fans will be happy two wins in a row under Emery, but I think if you look realistically, United won't be taking this competition this seriously this season. I feel like this competition is potentially a good thing for an Emery. Like he'll change you up on Thursday, put in a few players mm. that I want to see more of as well. Like McGinn's maybe, maybe a Morgan Sanson's. He's alive. Did you know that? He's alive when he came on at the last minute. I forgot he existed. I honestly, I know we spoke about it the other day, but I completely forgot you said you clubs. I thought you got rid of it. His tweet was, there was a little bit of a, hmm. he started it by saying, finally, <laughs> nice to be back on the yeah. pitch. <laughs> oh, this, man this man absolutely hated him. I mean, do you blame him though? No, no, I don't. <laughs> exactly. Right, let's head into uh, the European look now and we'll start off over in Italy as the big derby between Roma and Lazio was won by Maurizio Sarri's side with Felipe Anderson scoring the sole goal in uh, that game to move Lazio up to third in the league now. Uh, it's, I mean, apart Italian from Napoli running away. It's interesting. Again, can we have like, Italian... Italian what, what was it called again? What they call Appreciation it? Week. What do they have it in the nineties? Do is the Italian football show. Bring that back. <laughs> you always hear the, hear oh, the God, older generations. Oh, oh, those days. Those are the days, man. <laughs> like, I want I've those days. It was cool. Something Italian. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to fret over it because it's going to take too long to think about it. Yes. Uh, Juventus managed to beat Inter Milan two 0 Um. 
good result for them. Also, Adrian Rabio just seems to have found a new lease of life recently. Maybe you should have found really it. strange. <laughs> no. No. Just no. Uh, and obviously, Napoli... In that role, yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> in the role is supposed to be playing right now, he's absolutely there. And uh, Napoli beat Atalanta 2-1. Uh, Victor Osserman scoring and getting an assist uh, for that one. Again, looking really, really uh, good. This uh, <clears throat> Napoli team, like, they're so, so scary. Yeah, they look very good. And if they carry on, they're probably going to win the league as well, which will go down very well in Naples. Yes. Uh, over to Barcelona and Spain now this weekend. Obviously, it was a lovely send-off for Gerard Piquet, who played his final professional uh, game this season. And Barcelona managed to win it 2-0 against Almira, Usman Dembele and Frankie de Jong scoring. Piquet himself did have a couple of chances to score, but it just wasn't meant to be. It was one of them where, when Lewandowski took that penalty, I was like, please, he's just the love of God. Can we just let PK take it <laughs> just for the moment and the occasion? I just wouldn't think to step up and score. In the penalty area, let him take the penalty. Yes, the love of God, just let PK score. But yeah, not bad. Uh, Nobody's injuries alone. Yes, <laughs> uh, but yeah, perfect win for him to mark a year under uh, Xavi and great final send off for uh, Gerard PK, an absolute legend of uh, the game, and will be. Mr. And Jesus, we're getting to the age now where players that we watch in the prime of their careers are retiring. I mean, like, I'm just hating this now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no. Their the time comes to when it happens. I just, yeah. Yeah, but I grew up watching these. What did you ever injured. actually do? He's one of the best defenders in the world. A good spell of time. I know, but you see Jamie O'Hara and Jermaine Pedden said of a watch, so it must be true. Yeah, but you know who they work for, so it doesn't count if they're saying anything. But these are highly respected pundits who have achieved massive success in the game and all their trophies. <laughs> uh, that's the second funniest comment I've heard this week. I'll get onto the funniest comment a bit later on. Let's um, what, like Jeremy O'Hara and Jermaine Pennant are trying to lecture people on Gerard Piquet's career. Yeah. You just shut the fuck up, lads. You don't know football. I'm sorry they know football, but come on. They're on the wind-up again. I mean, some of their opinions and stuff they come out with, that, I don't think they do know Maybe football. on the wind-up, Jermaine Pedden, I, I look at him and I go, no, you probably do mean that, actually. Sometimes I feel like O'Hara does mean it, though, as well. Yeah, there's moments. But <laughs> Elsewhere in uh, La Liga, Atletico Madrid were held to a 1-1 draw with uh, Espanyol. Again, not looking good for uh, Simeone. Having to bring on uh, João Felix just after the hour mark, and Felix does get the goal. That brings uh, them level, and Real Madrid don't play until later on tonight. Uh, obviously, a win for Madrid will see them go back on top of the table. Over in the Bundesliga this weekend, and it was a good weekend for Yusuf Makoku and uh, Borussia Dortmund as they won 3-0 against VFL uh, Bochum. Makoku scoring a brace and then Gio Reyna also scoring. Although, did you see the Bochum play when he was down injured? He got hit in the head by the physio. (laughs) If his ankle wasn't broken, he certainly suffered concussion. 
Exactly. If there's one thing you definitely don't want happening to get, it's the physio was, running into you. I thought your leg was broken. You fucking concussed me, you stupid. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Bayern managed to beat Hertha Berlin uh, 3-2. Eric Trupemoting again scoring uh, a brace this time for Bayern. So maybe someone move potentially is on the cards, although Bayern do seem really now, happy with him. No, I'm, I'm can't joking. can't be any worse than Ronaldo, let's be honest. True. Uh, elsewhere, Leipzig beat Hoffenheim 3-1. Christopher Nkunku scoring a brace there. And Wolfsburg managed to beat Mainz 3-0. And, shock of the weekend in Germany, Bayer Leverkusen battered Union Berlin 5-0. Javi like, Alonso is once keeping an eye on. Yeah. How long is it before he... Is he he the the Jurgen Klopp replacement? I'm starting to believe it a bit more. Maybe he actually is. Uh, Finally... You're definitely in the running. Yes. Uh, Finally, over into France, uh, PSG managed to beat Lorient 2-1. Neymar and Danilo Pereira scoring for PSG. Neymar have been involved in both goals there. And then the big game that we talked about on Friday between Marseille and Lyon finished 1-0 to Marseille with Samuel Gigo scoring the sole goal of that game. Right. uh, I know Neymar's at the red, but I actually can't wait to watch him at the World Cup. Yeah. It's one of them, like, he's having such a good season. I feel like he's going to have a phenomenal World Cup. Yeah, it feels like, like he, has, if... he has amends to make as well. Because, but Brazil took that 2014 loss so personally. Mm. And they, 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 just... have, they want number six again. Yes, it definitely seems like it was one that they desperately, desperately need. Uh, before we get into the Champions League draw, because that has actually happened, I want to talk Please about my, <laughs> my, uh, my second funniest moment. So I was at the West Brom women's game against Derby yesterday, and the linesman uh, on the opposite side of the pitch was uh, quite a small man. I'd say about roughly the quite same height as Dennis Wise. Sorry, you're going to do this, do this in the end of the game. The very small man. Yeah, and the guy behind sat behind me and my family. He said, "How is how does he keep getting some of these offside calls so wrong? He's so close to the center of the ground; he should be able to see it and better." And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" The way that was like so off the cusp, and how he delivered it, I was bursting in tears when he said <laughs> that. I was like, "Oh my god, that's probably the greatest thing I've ever heard at a football match ever." I wish I was there. I feel like I can't understand it unless I'm there. But... Yeah, it was definitely, you had to be there in the moment to feel, uh, appreciate the joke. But now on to the Champions League. So we've had the round of 16 draw take place and we have some absolute cracking ties to look forward to. My oh, gosh, yes. I don't know where we've seen them. I've, yeah, no, I, I had it on. <laughs> if it looked like I was looking away from you, oh. I just didn't give a shit what you were saying. I was too busy in awe. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so ties we have. Let's get the big dogs out of the room straight away. We have Paris Saint Germain versus Bayern Munich. What a game that should be! Uh, I'm absolutely very, that's, very excited for that. Isn't that a repeat of the 20? Is that the repeat of the 2020 final? It's the repeat of the COVID final, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that should be a good game. Borussia game Dortmund. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a shit game. Mm. Uh, Borussia Dortmund they played Chelsea 
So the Pierre Emerick Aubameyang derby. If he's still there. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Uh, I think that should be a really good game. And then Liverpool taking on Real Madrid. Yes. Oh, feed me that. That season's final. Yeah. So. I know what you meant. Don't worry. Uh, really good game. AC Milan versus Tottenham. Oh, flashbacks to 2011. 2011? Was it 2011? Yep. Joe Jordan on the sideline with Nara oh, Katusa. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 2011. I was oh. for a second. <laughs> no, no, no. Just oh, on Joe yes. Jordan back for this. Yes. <laughs> just, you don't have, you, you, no, just put Joe Jordan in the stands and just allow him to come onto the sideline for this one. Yeah, and just Gattu, loan Gattuso from Valencia to, to Milan for one game. Mm-hmm. We need this. Quite happy about that one, I think. Yeah, and he'll look to get some sort of vengeance on AC Milan. Uh, other ties, we have RB Leipzig taking on Manchester City. Not an easy game for City, um, but should still, I would say, should still yeah. win that one. Okay. Mm. Yeah, uh, oh. this is the, a good chance for him to go and scan and come to it. Yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting. to get the bit as well, considering he knows what he's doing against a Leipzig. Definitely. Uh, other games, we've got Club Bruges versus Benfica, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt playing Napoli, and Inter Milan versus FC Porto are the other games yeah, in this season's Champions League. So, yeah, looking uh, forward to them taking place. Obviously, you have to wait until round about Valentine's weekend for the, court, uh, the round of 16 to take place. I never know the exact date, but it's sometime like yeah, mid-February. February. Oh, yeah, you're all right with the Valentine's week. Yeah. yeah, no, it's Valentine's Day. Because Valentine's Day is oh, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the 14th and 15th of February, we have them games. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, please. Stop with your singing. Um, yeah, that is all of the action that we looked at this weekend, obviously. I feel like I have to talk about the MLS Cup final because that actually didn't disappoint us this weekend. Uh, LAFC are willing to allow it. Thank you. Uh, LAFC going on to win 3 0 on penalties after a very, very entertaining uh, 3 3 game uh, in regulation time. Gareth Bale even scoring in uh, extra, extra time uh, to send up to penalties in the 128. Did you get this extra, extra time from it? It was in a normal period of extra. No, it was extra time of extra time. Oh, no, it was, yeah. It said 127 minutes. Yeah, 127th minute. Last time I checked, that's extra time of extra time. What happened to that to happen then? Because that's the bit I ended up missing. Um, So, uh, LAFC's goalkeeper, Maxime Crepo, got uh, a straight red card. And he also had an injury, if I remember correctly. So, um, whilst that was taking place, that's what added on more period. Uh, of extra time because that happened in the 116th minute, so that That's delayed the game. Terrible time for your keeper to get set off. Hey, John McCarthy knew what he wanted hey, to do. No, no, you wouldn't have respected him if he'd have lost. You'd have been calling him a disgrace. But I'm not. So three-nil <laughs> <laughs> penalty win. Eli Sanchez scoring the winning penalty, and. 
party scenes were happening in Los Angeles over the last 24 hours. Why it happened at their stadium, it doesn't work in the same way as like the Super Bowl does. You don't play a neutral venue, do you? No. Why is that? I don't like that. I don't know, because the women's one, that happens at a neutral stadium, but for some reason the MLS don't do that at a neutral stadium. Mm. It would have been, I think, better for the neutrals to have uh, like just a random stadium, I don't know, say Austin FC Stadium. But or I don't if they know. wanted to try and get the audience levels, why don't they go to one of the big NFL stadiums that isn't being used at that week? Try and organize. I was going to say, I think it's just because it's. I think it's because it's easier to know, like you're going to have at least one of the two team stadiums available. So I think I that's know. why they just. I just chose like they it. could rectify that because I don't like that one team gets the home advantage. Yeah, but oh well, not a lot we can do there. Um, but yeah. That is it for this week's podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, towards the end of the week the, to the, the MLS look. will be fixed when the Las Vegas villains come in. Oh, would you shut up with that stupid team name? They're coming. They're taking over. Las Vegas villains. It sounds like the shittiest fucking. How does it? The more you uh, say, the more it sounds like the most American sports team name ever. It does, but it also sounds god awful. How does? It... Anyway, we're not going to spend the last of this podcast arguing on. Uh, we'll be back later on this week to preview the because final game. Boston games. Celtics is a good name. It makes a lot of sense if you look into it. Anyway, let's end the podcast here. We'll be back uh, later on this week to preview the final games of the regular season. The regular season? Fuck me, you got me talking American. This uh, period of the Premier League before the World Cup starts and uh, look yeah, back on any of the Yes, and look back at any of the talking points from the Carabao Cup or if Southampton finally have a new manager by the time we record, hopefully it's not Nathan Jones. But until then, it's goodbye from it's me. And... Depressing podcasts in a row for Regan Wall. Not only Manchester United lost, but Nathan Jones becoming the Southampton manager. Oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, and on that, uh, we'll see you later on this week. So make sure you like and subscribe and wherever you get your podcasts from, make sure you download and get them. And that you're following us on Twitter at Pod as well for all the latest news. That's it.